Hello and welcome to the Positive Pod. Have you ever identified with the statement, I'm a victim of circumstance? If you have, you're in the right place. Today on the Positive Pod, we're going to explore how this concept of autonomy fits in with the idea of living our best life, of this eudaimonia concept that we explored a little bit in the last episode. We're going to see how we can make that fit to live the lives we want to live. Stick with us on the Positive Pod. Among all the concepts out there about happiness and living a meaningful life, autonomy and self-reliance is really getting a whole lot of attention. So in this episode of The Positive Pod, we're going to look in a whole lot more detail about what autonomy is and what it isn't. And in fact, there are some researchers out there that argue that autonomy is the single basic human need. So stick around while we explore autonomy in a little bit more detail and how we can use that concept to live our best life. Someone who has treated you so nice and kind. Then you get an old letter and you be... I think when most people think about autonomy, you know, certainly for me, when I first looked at the word autonomy, I thought, well, it's kind of like doing what I want and, and making my own decisions. And that version of autonomy fits pretty well with the idea that of subjective wellness, right? So if it feels good, I should do it. And I, I need to make my own decisions. And there is a certain amount of personal satisfaction that you get out of that. But we've actually come to understand autonomy in a little bit more depth in recent years. And autonomy really refers to this idea of a volition, of being able to positively impact our environment, of having the experience of a choice. Um, um, and, and to really kind of endorse our own actions at what psychologists would call Ryan in DC in 2000, uh, call the highest level of reflection. In other words, if we can buy into what we're doing at the highest possible level, we can feel better about the choices that we're making. And that's a departure from the, the basic version of autonomy that we, that we understand, like, I'm going to do what I want. Well, it's, it's deeper than that. It involves a, a deeper sense of meaning than that. You know, a lot of years ago, late 60s, I want to say it was, early 60s, a guy named Bill Glasser argued that the only behavior that we have is by our own choice. In fact, he developed something called choice theory in which he argued that the only thing we can exchange with other people is information, not imperatives. So we can't make somebody else do something, nor can somebody make us do anything. They can engage in behavior that gives us information, but we then choose what we can do about that. It's a shift of this idea of an external locus of control. Um, in other words, well, so-and-so did this and it made me angry and how could they not have considered my feelings about that? And we can choose to get ourselves in an uproar about that. Or let's say somebody else engages in the exact same behavior. We can then choose to look at that and interpret it in a way that is most helpful and productive to us. And Glasser would argue that that gives us a choice, and the fact that we have the freedom to make that choice is what contributes or not to our own happiness. That same idea is echoed by Viktor Frankl's work. Viktor Frankl, if you 
uh, if you're not familiar, is someone who was in the Nazi concentration camps, and he wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning, in which he argued that the most basic human freedom is the ability to make meaning of the of the of our lives around us. In other words, what Frankel would say is, we have a choice as to how we perceive our circumstance, and we can... We are free to make meaning of that. He did, certainly never said we should be happy about oppressive things that are happening to us. We should be happy about the atrocities around us. Just the opposite, in fact. He said we are free to experience that fully, and we are also free to make choices about what sense we make of that. And fundamentally, that's where autonomy and choice theory and meaning-making sort of come together to form the basis of the idea that our ultimate freedom and perhaps our ultimate sense of self-resilience and self-satisfaction comes from our ability to make our own choices. Yeah, okay, you might say, oh, so we should do what, a, what we want, right? Well, no, in fact, that divine Camfield and Goff, the same folks that came up with the concept we talked about a little bit earlier, and I'll put a link in the description, <clears throat> they came up with the concept that in order for us to really have true autonomy, that can only be developed through interdependent relationships. In other words, this idea that true autonomy incorporates the idea of relating to others and, be, and feeling competent in our ability to relate to others and make decisions um, and relate to each other effectively, that's all a part of autonomy. And in fact, they looked at this in a number of different cultural concepts, including uh, a very collectivist culture in Bangladesh. And what they found was the folks that really scored highest in autonomy had those interdependent relationships. They felt competent in being able to relate to others. So autonomy doesn't always mean that we do what's best for us and that's it. And those of us who have been engaged in you know, collective or community efforts or have incredible family connections or have incredible friendships that give us a tremendous amount of satisfaction. What we know on some level is that those relationships also contribute to our sense of being able to positively impact our world. They contribute to, the, to, to our sense of being able to be more effective as we move through life when we know that we have those kinds of supports available to us. So I think it's important to disconnect this idea that autonomy is completely um, an independent concept. Autonomy is completely about one person doing whatever they want. Rather, autonomy is about a sense of competence, relatedness, and effectiveness within our world and the ability to positively impact our world. So let me propose a three-step process of how we can use this concept of autonomy in a productive way. First, we want to ask ourselves three questions. One, can I positively make an impact in my world and what do I really believe about that? Two, what are the connections, relationships, and or skills I might need to do that? And be honest with yourself about that. Make a list. Number three... Can I make a positive impact for somebody else first? One of the best ways to explore the first two questions is to go out with no expectations and make a positive impact in someone's world. And that doesn't have to be a huge thing. You don't have to have a lot of money to do that. You don't have to have a lot of social connections or capital to do that. You can make a positive difference in somebody's life by unloading the dishwasher for them if they hate to do that. You can make a positive impact in someone's life 
by con- introducing them to the right person. In other words, what social connections can I use to make a positive impact for somebody else? And it gives us practice in evaluating our world for the social connections that will allow us to make positive impacts in our own world. Okay, you might say, but but how does that work? How does making a positive impact for somebody else help us? One concept to pay attention to is this concept of neurological priming, neuropsychological priming, which means the more we prime ourselves to think from a certain perspective, the better we get at thinking from that perspective. It's a simple way to think about it. So as we look through the world and we see what positive opportunities are available for us to make help make a difference with someone else, we begin to recognize and start to get better at looking for the opportunities to make a positive difference in general. And that gives us priming of our attentional capacities to look for opportunities that we may have that are positive for ourselves as well. So in the process of sort of looking around and saying, well, how can I uh, make, how, how can I help make a positive difference in, in this person's life? Um, we get practice in the exact same neuropsychological process that helps us to be more adaptive in our own life. So it helps us from a practice and priming standpoint. Okay, so we have three questions to ask ourselves. We know that the third question is going to lead us to this idea of doing something positive for somebody else. And we know that's going to give us practice in the neuropsychological process of recognizing opportunities for autonomy in our, in our environment. How do we build that into a cohesive whole? So here's something to try if you haven't already. When you get up in the morning, make a list of what are the positive things that I can do today. Um, and then make a list of what are the who are the people that I can connect with to make a positive difference today. And the third question, in whose world can I make a positive difference today? Then move through your day. See what you can do to fulfill what you have on your list. And before you go to bed, make a list of what were the positive impacts I made today. What relationships helped me to do that? In whose uh, world did I make a positive impact today? What you're going to find is that the more you do that, the better you get at recognizing opportunities to make a positive impact. What you're also going to find is the more you do that, the better you get at it. And the reason you're getting better at it is because you have primed and trained your brain to look for the opportunities to make positive differences in the lives of people around you, what what that's also going to give you is practice in looking for the opportunities to make a positive difference in your own life. And soon you're going to start feeling better and better and better about your ability to do that because you have neuropsychologically primed yourself to recognize it and act on it. I hope that's helpful. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Positive Pod. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye. That you don't want me no more Have you got the nerve to say That you don't